0: Today's scripture reading is 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 16. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. The word of the Lord. Please be seated.
1: Thank you, Kathy. We are in the final week of our four-week sermon series, God's Love Is. And over the past three weeks, we have learned a lot about God's love. Pastor Tim started out this series by going over the four words for love, the four types of love as defined by the ancient Greeks, and he narrowed in on the word agape, which is divine love, holy love, selfless, sacrificial love. Pastor Tim then focused his attention on Psalm 100, and through the psalm we learn that we should shout for joy and enter the gates with gladness and thanksgiving, Because the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. We learned that week that God's love is steadfast. In week two, Pastor Mark took a closer look at Romans 8, 31 to 39. And he acknowledged that sometimes we feel distant from God. But he assured us that God's love is there no matter what. He said that nothing can separate us from the love of God, not trouble, nor hardship, nor persecution, nor any power. Why? Because God's love is relentless and unstoppable. That week we learned that God's love is abundant. And last week, Pastor Tam reminded us that God's love is for all people. Through the story of the Good Samaritan in Luke, he reminded us that we don't get to pick who God loves, but we do get to proclaim God's love for all people, regardless of ethnicity or gender or status or feelings or ability and so forth. Yes, God's love is for all people. So over the last three weeks, we learned that God's love is steadfast, it is abundant, and it is for all people. Three wonderful characteristics of God's love revealed in Jesus, which is where we land today. Our scripture reading for today is from 1 John 4, 7 to 16, and I want to encourage you to leave your Bibles open to that text because as you witness the word love, is used a lot and it's very easy to get lost in the words of that text. If you have your worship Bibles, it's on page 988 and feel free to get up and get one at any time. Now this entire letter is actually a commentary on the Gospel of John. And this particular passage, we learn three primary things about love, about agape love. Through this passage, we learn the source of love, We learn how love is revealed, and we learn how to live out that love. Let me say it again in another way. From 1 John, we learn the source of agape. We learn how agape is revealed, and we learn how to live out that agape love. So I want to take some time to go through each one of those lessons. Well, first of all, we learn the source of love. First John four, seven to eight, reads this. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So what are the two things do we learn from this verse about the source of love? We learn that love comes from God and that God is love. Now remember, this is not just that friendly, brotherly type of love. It's not just the familial love or it's not a romantic love. This is agape. John is talking about agape, a love which acts in the best interest of another always. This is a sacrificial type of love. See, because agape comes from God, and God is agape, we can, in verse 16, know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Now, a couple of other things I want to point out here about the depth of God's love. Notice how verse 7 and verse 11 start out. In our NIV translation, this reads, Dear Friends... But this can also be interpreted beloved. Now, I think this is important because John is going to great lengths here. He's going to great lengths in the sermon letter to make the people understand that they are deeply loved by God. That both they and you here today are, by definition, dearly loved. You're cherished, you're favored. And you're precious in the eyes of God. See, someone who sees you as this special is going to love you with abandon. There are no restrictions to that type of love. I'm to soak that in a minute because that love is deep. God desires this type of love for you. And he goes to great lengths to achieve this type of unhindered relationship. And thankfully, agape is not dependent upon what you do, but rather on who God is. And God is love. This is the fundamental nature of God. And that brings us to point number two. From this passage, we learn how God's love is revealed. So in verses 9 and 10, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Or as our author put it in John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. God showed his love among us through the incarnation. Through the birth of Christ, God entered our humanity. The begotten son of God, born of the Virgin Mary, took on human flesh to experience human life. To experience what is meant to need sleep and to eat to perspire and bleed, to feel joy and sadness, to experience laughter and anger, to know what it's like to be tempted and to live under the law. And he came as flesh so that he could be the savior of mankind. God sent his one and only son into the world as an atoning sacrifice for sin. It's a mouthful. He was sent as an atoning sacrifice for sin. So what really does that mean? I'm hoping to back you through that. We'll get you there. In the Old Testament, the people of Israel sought atonement for their sin through animal sacrifice. This atonement or payment for their sin was payment for those actions which hurt others or those behaviors which separated them from God. So even though they deserved punishment or even banishment from their community, the sacrificed animal would take their place, their sin was forgiven, and their relationships were restored. But humans continuously fell short of the law. They couldn't live up. We can't live up. And funny thing about humans, we're also a pretty finicky bunch who insist on living life in our own way. So God took decisive action to bring us, his children, back into right relationship with him He sent his son into the world to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Christ was offered as a sacrifice for our sins so that our debts are forgiven, so that our relationship with God can be restored, so that we can walk daily in newness with God. Through Christ, we are free from the burden of sin so that we can have that hope of eternal life. That is love. Charles Colson, the Watergate felon and born-again Christian, once told a story about a group of American soldiers who were prisoners of war during World War II. He said that during the day they were made to do hard labor and they, they would take with them their shovels. And at the end of the day when they returned after a full day of hard work and digging, They would have to take an account for their tool. And on one particular day, the guard was there in front of 20 soldiers and he counted the shovels and there were 19. This infuriated the guard and he said, I want to know now who didn't bring back their shovel. Silence. So he took out his gun and he said, I will shoot five of you if the guilty party does not stand up and admit they're wrong. An uncomfortable tension. After a tense moment of silence, a 19-year-old soldier stepped forward with his head bowed. The guard grabbed him, took him to the side, and shot him. The guard then warned the other prisoners to watch their step. When the guard left, the men, knowing this young man's character, counted the shovels. And there were 20. The guard had just miscounted. This young man, 19 years old, had given his life for his friends. Can you imagine the emotions of the soldiers as they knelt down beside his body. This young man, 19 years old, had an entire life in front of him. I look at this this picture and the pictures that I looked for on the internet and how young these soldiers are. He was innocent of the crime, but he chose death so that others might live. That's powerful. That's agape. Now I love our church. I love my church family. Alleluia and the people who walk through this door have been a part of my life for over 17 and a half years. Almost as long as I've been married to Dan. This community of faith has been a huge part of my faith journey. It's where Nate was baptized. It's where both my kids received their first communion. It's where Margot was confirmed last year and where nate where Nate will be confirmed next year. It's where I've grown in my relationship with God through Christ. and It's where I heard my call to ministry. I love this family and all my crazy and dysfunctional brothers and sisters within it. Through the good, the bad, and the ugly, you've had a huge impact on my life. I have a deep love for you, but I'm going to be really honest with you right now. I will not sacrifice my children for you. I will do a lot of things for you, I will give up my personal time to answer your texts. I will meet with you on my day off. I will pray for you. I will cry with you. I will work a ton of overtime to develop a really solid sermon for you. I might even miss a soccer game or a wrestling meet for you. But I will in no way, shape, or form sacrifice my children's life for you but i know someone who would and did god loved the world god loves you so much that he gave his one and only son as a sacrifice for you just sit with that a minute god loves you that much that he sacrificed his son. As a parent, can you even imagine? God is love. God sacrificed his son so that our sins are forgiven. God sacrificed his son so that you will not die, but rather experience eternal life. God sacrificed his son so that you can live life now and for all eternity in a deep and abiding relationship with the one who gave you all. God sacrificed his son so that you can have an unadulterated relationship with the one who loves you even more. Jesus said in 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 15 in John 15:13 Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for his friends. His command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. And that brings us to our third point for today. We learn how to live out God's love. See, once you understand the source of God's love, once you understand how that love was manifested, and once you understand the great lengths that God went to for you, then you can surely free his, sharely free, let me try that again, <laughs> then you can freely share his love with others. I want you to be so captured by the love of God that you live a transformed life. Verse 11, dear friends, beloved, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Agape. Our foundation for loving others comes from God. It comes from his very nature as love, and it comes from his command to love. This is not so much about feeling loved. It's about understanding that God is love, that Jesus embodied love and demonstrated his love through a sacrificial death. It's about newness of life through a resurrection. It's about understanding that God's love is love in action. Being loved by God and believing in the depth of His love for you and for all people is the foundation for becoming loving. I'm curious. When others look at Alleluia and the people of Alleluia, what do they see? Do they see a group of people who are just going through the actions and checking off boxes? I drop my kids off to church school in confirmation. Check. I'm in a connect group with only my closest friends. Check. I attended worship, distracted by my phone the whole time, but I was there. Check. Or when others look at Alleluia, do they witness an agape community of believers who love is so engaged and so intentional that can only be explained by a community who has a genuine relationship with God through Christ. I pray, my friends, that it's the latter. I encourage you to think about how you share God's love with others. Do you? We are called to love. Not just those who are easy to get along with and who brighten our day, but we are called to love the loveless. I encourage you to live into this extravagant, sacrificial love. I want to end today by returning to the verse Pastor Tim started the series with. John 3:16 Not only does this verse get to the heart of our lesson for today, but it sums up nicely what this entire series is about. John 3:16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I'm going to read it one more time. For God so loved the world. God's love is for all people. That He gave His one and only Son. God's love is revealed through Jesus and is sacrificial. That whoever believes in Him, God's love is abundant. It's for whoever believes that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God's love is steadfast. Now, I am usually not a say it with me type of preacher, but I want you to know this verse so deep in your heart, and I want you to feel it in the depths of your soul, that when you walk out of this worship space today, you know without a doubt That God loves you, and that love is deep. So let's say this verse together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Brothers and sisters, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Shout for joy for this gospel truth because this is indeed very good news. Let's pray. Good and gracious God, We thank you for your deep and abiding love that you share with us, that you have shown through the wonderful and the difficult sacrifice of your son on the cross. We welcome you into our lives, Lord. And we ask that you guide our steps and show us how to live this extravagant and sacrificial love in your name. We thank you, Father, for the gift of grace and forgiveness the gift of the cross. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.